Good morning. This is the Daily Office um, Morning Prayer, Rite 2 from the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer. I am your friendly host and regular person, Jaka. The usual disclaimer is that I'm not a theologian or a clergy person. I am just a regular person like y'all, and I'm very glad to lift my voice in prayer with yours and the Heavenly Host. Today being the 15th of January, 2019, Our readings are Psalms 5 and 6, Isaiah 40, 25 through 31, Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and Mark 1, 14 through 28. We begin on page 76 of the Book of Common Prayer. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. We continue with the Confession of Sin on page 79. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord has shown forth his glory. Come, let us adore him. The Venite on page 82. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. The Lord has shown forth his glory. Come, let us adore him. Psalms 5 and 6. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 4 as well. Answer me when I call, O God of my right. You gave me room when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. 
How long, you people, shall my honor suffer shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. When you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Oh, that we might see some good. Will the light of your face shine on us, O Lord? You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. Psalm 5 Listen to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil will not sojourn with you. The boastful will not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in awe of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouths. Their hearts are destruction. Their throats are open graves. They flatter with their tongues. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of their many transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing for joy. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, so that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover them with favors with a shield. Psalm 6 O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, or discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror. While you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, save my life. Deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. They grow weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall turn back and in a moment be put to shame. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. To whom, then, will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? 
Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who, he who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 13, page 90. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths. In the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Reading from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness, of him, the fullness of him who fills all and all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, beginning on page 93. Splendor and honor and kingly power are yours by right, O Lord our God. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. 
and yours by right, O Lamb that was slain. For with your blood you have redeemed for God, from every family, language, people, and nation, a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And so, to him who sits upon the throne, and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 28. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching? With authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Shall we say together the Apostles' Creed, beginning on page 96? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. 
Amen. Suffragist Set A on page 97. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you, for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to say a few thoughts on our readings, and then we'll pause each other and have time for personal and specific prayers. Um, you all know that I have been transforming my personal prayers into communal prayers as well, so I might do that too. But first, let's have a few thoughts um, on the readings. So the reason that I went back and read Psalm 4, in addition to the assigned readings, so to speak, Psalms 5 and 6, are that... Um, Psalm 4, I think my commentary puts it well, uh, it summarizes Psalm 4 as rescue me so that I can be an example to sinners. And I think that is what we all, um, as walkers in faith, faith walkers maybe, uh, try to do. Uh, you've heard me say before that I consider it a phased approach, um, that we are first the victim and then the survivor and then the warrior and I say that because we are all wounded or victimized in some way by life. Nobody gets through life on earth unscathed. We all have our traumas. And as we evolve out of or through is the better word than out of, as we evolve through the healing process, when we submit to God and allow um, the trauma to transform us through his hand, we move from, from that place of victimhood into a place of survival and then finally into a place of thriving where as warriors, and I think you've heard me say this before too, the difference between a survivor and a warrior is that the warrior goes back and helps someone else come through. And so that is what my goal is, I think for many of us, that's our goal, that um, as the song goes, the wounds are the places where the light shines through. And that sounds pithy and trite, but it, it's not at all. It's, it's actually quite a, 
trial by fire, deep and sometimes painful process, but so worth it. Um, And I truly believe that every trial, every trauma, every difficulty has this transformative power when we give it to God. So Psalm 4 speaks to that, at least in my mind, and apparently in the mind of my commentator too. (laughs) Um, A couple lines, I'm just going to kind of pluck lines from, from the readings today. Psalm 5, uh, verse 6, the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful. My personal opinion is that we are made to be warriors. We are made to fight the good fight. But there's a difference in between, between being a warrior and a fighter and being bloodthirsty. Just as, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but it has to do with um, true warriors not picking the fight. And I think that's where this verse goes to. Uh, going looking for violence brings gratuitous violence. Facing the fight as a true warrior is something entirely different. And please forgive me. I I feel like I'm not um, expressing myself very well today, but I hope you see where I'm going with that. And these distinctions may seem like splitting hairs, but they're really important to me because to me, they are guidelines for discernment. Um, Following our true nature as in God-given nature vice allowing the enemy to twist that right so warriorhood I think we're that's a god-given piece of us we're we're born to to struggle and to strive and to fight and it is that fight which is part of what transforms us but like everything else which God intends for good the enemy tries to turn it right the the converse is is also true with the enemy tries to make bad the Lord can turn it back to good so it's it's always revocable right but we need those or at least I need those litmus tests to be able to discern when it um, is going towards God or when it's going towards the enemy and so verses like this that help me distinguish um, are good guidelines for my faith walk Psalm 6 is just a good one for me when I'm in, when I'm in, um, not quite a pity party, but maybe a time of, a time of trial. How long God save my life, deliver me. Although I think it's important to, to note that verse four here is deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. The psalmist not saying deliver me because I deserve to be delivered or deliver me because of any other reason is deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love for God's own sake. I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I mean, this is just a good get it all out there before God. Um, 
this is the depth of despair in which I'm in. Please come and rescue me. And there is something cleansing about getting it out. So I am, I am thankful for that one as well. Our reading um, from Isaiah Verse 25, I think it is just bringing up the point that, that no one is equal to God. God is above all others. There is no comparison at all. And then 26 to me calls to mind the numbering of the hairs on the heads and the numbering of stars in the sky. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their hosts and numbers them, calling them all by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. There is, there's none unaccounted for in God, in his system. He remembers all. He knows us all. He knows all of the stars scattered across the sky. He placed them and he knows their purpose. There's something immensely reassuring about that to me that no matter how unknowable space looks to my human eye, God knows its very depths, just like he knows the very depths of my own personal soul. And then verse 31, this is a favorite, I think, among Christian communities. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. To me, particularly, because I'm doing that Ignatian discernment study, it puts me in mind of an Ignatian prayer. Let's see if I can lay my hands on it right now. Give me just a moment. Yes, a prayer for generosity, the prayer of St. Ignatius. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost. To fight and not to heed the wounds to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, save that of knowing that I do your will. So here where he talks about not needing rest or reward, save that of knowing that he's doing God's will, um, reminds me of this verse 31, where they shall run and be, not be weary, they shall walk and not be faint. I think that when we are energized with the Holy Spirit because we're moving within God's will, it gives us a um, a power and an energy that is not frantic or frenzied. It's calm, but at the same time, it is pervasive and uplifting and undying. And so we can do more than we thought we could do when we're moving within God's will. It's like we're being carried on the great current of the Holy Spirit's power and energy. At least that's the way I envision it. Um, our New Testament reading today, uh, the letter of, from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. My commentary has, uh, I'm into my commentary today. I, you guys will forgive me that, but it has some great uh, things to say about Ephesians in general, that it's a vision of the universal church, um, that it describes human existence as being beset by cosmic forces and the conflict with these cosmic forces continues, but the church looks forward to the complete reestablishment of God's sovereignty over creation and the perfection of the church as the body of Christ. That's just beautiful. Um, talks a little bit about the doctrine of recapitulation, which allows 
um, which owes its name to the central verb in Ephesians 1.10, which is a little bit before we read uh, or before our reading began, but is translated uh, to gather up. So let's go back to 10 for a little bit. A plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And so um, this doctrine points out that because Christ experienced all stages of human life as a new and perfect Adam, he's able to redeem all of human experience. That is very powerful to me. I think um, redemption and restoration are very much themes of, of this season, and I hope that that's the case for you too. So the redemption of Adam in Christ and the restoration of human nature as God intended by and in and through Christ, that is extremely powerful. So I'm very pleased that I stopped and, and read that introduction commentary. In case anybody's wondering, I think I've said it before, but um, my Bible is the fifth edition of the new Oxford Annotated Bible, the new revised standard version with Apocrypha. It's a study Bible. Um, I think it's the one that they use at Tulane, and it was recommended to me by my priest in Mississippi, and I, I just love it. So I can get you all the details on that, or I'll post them online. But it's the New Oxford Annotated Bible, the NRSV. So uh, going on to our actual reading itself from Ephesians today, which was 15 through 23, uh, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I will say all the time to one of my very best friends, I'm praying for you without ceasing. And I really believe that that, that can be true when we are just, my, my Quaker um, folks would say, holding someone in the light, we can be continually praying without ceasing as we go through the day, even when we are not, and I know this might sound funny for an Episcopalian, um, even when we are not speaking aloud the liturgy, even when we are not praying as um, focused and intentional prayer is wont to look within the confines of our church. So I was, I was pleased to, to kind of find that echo that just reminded me of, of the truth and ability. Like I, I probably would have said younger in my faith walk that praying without ceasing was impossible, that I, I kind of thought of prayers as something almost like songs, like you're not singing constantly as you go through the day. But I do believe that you can be praying constantly, that you can even pray in your sleep, that any time that you are communing with and tapped into the spiritual world of the Holy Trinity, that you are praying, whether it looks like what we traditionally think of as prayer or not. And I hope that's not too convoluted. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about Ephesians at the moment. Oh, wait a second, let me alibi. Um, in verse 21, or actually 20 and 21, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above rule and authority and power and dominion. Um, what a lovely and poetic reminder that God reigns above anything 
or anyone that we see as having power and dominion here on earth. And that's a great reminder for me because sometimes there are powers that be on this earth that I encounter that I see as being insurmountable. And so the reminder that God is greater is very important to me. So thanks for letting me continue on a little bit there. And then finally to our gospel reading. Um, Ah, dear Mark. So our reading from Mark today was chapter 1, verses 14 through 28. Um, So 14 the last, or actually, I'm sorry, 15b, repent and believe in the good news. I would have seen that some time ago. Um, through a much more uh, cloudy lens than I think I do now. Um, I would have maybe seen it like, like the subtext being you have to be good in order to receive the good news. You have to repent of your bad ways and be good. But looking at it in in the context of the current season, which is restoration and redemption, which we just talked about, and moving forward and and calling kind of, I like the way one of my friends puts it, um, I have shut the door on my past. I pray for the person I was and the person I am becoming, that they may both be blessed. And I rest knowing that Jesus is my rear guard. Um... The time is right. Repenting just, it, it literally, I, um, I forget where this comes from, but it, one of the literal translations is to turn from. So we are, instead of facing backwards, looking at our past, we are turning 180 degrees from that and facing forward, living into our future, allowing Jesus to have the rear guard over our past. Um, and moving forward into the good news. That's the way I see it now. Um, and it is not looking down on or being ashamed of the past that we have come from, but rather accepting that and blessing that and asking for God to restore and redeem it. It is very much a part of who we are, but not um, not where we have our vision fixed and not where we are moving towards. As I've, I think I've said before, where, where we fix our sight is, is naturally where we go. Like when you're riding a bike, um, wherever you're looking, that's where your bikes can end up going, right? You know, so keep your eyes on the road, not on the trees, or you'll end up in the, in, in the forest. I think it's the same with our spiritual life. If our eye is fixed on the godly self that God created us to be, that we're evolving or transforming glory by glory closer into, that's what we're moving towards. If our eyes are fixed on the past and mired in the past, they're get, we're going to continue to relive the past, right? To repeat that history. And so we repent, we turn from, and we move into the good news. Put a pin in this one because I'm not sure why it stuck out to me today, but uh, that James and John were mending the nets when Jesus called them. For some reason, I think that's important. Maybe it's a preparation thing, like they were preparing to be fishers of men by mending their nets. They were 
in that place of preparation to be ready. I'm not sure, but just put that in your back brain and let it percolate a bit if you would. And then um, uh, Jesus teaches with authority, uh, not as the scribes. And this is what struck me about that. Um, I, I might be going far off, but I, I see the word scribes and I think um, those who were just writing down the words and I could see how that could get kind of rote and it could um, not have as much authority as Jesus, someone who truly understood the words. Um, in our society, in our culture, we find all the time that people diminish the worth of words and words have so much power and there is such a difference between transcribing, right, um, scribes or living the words, understanding the words, taking the words in, being fed by the words, if you will. And I think that correlates well to a little bit later in that passage when Jesus rebukes the unclean spirit and says, be silent and come out of him. He takes the words away from the spirit. So God gives us the good news, the good word. He imparts knowledge. He gives, so he gives the word, he gives the word with knowledge and he takes the word from the evil spirit. I think that that all dovetails together. Let us be true hearers and doers of the word. Let us absorb the word. Let us live the word. Let us be the word. Amen. And that's all I have to say about the readings today. I would pray for us also that in this time of restoration and redemption, we repent and we turn towards Christ and our God-given selves and we move forward. That we ready ourselves, that we prepare, that God grants us the energy to become fit for him in all ways, um, healthy and whole and strong in Christ in the truest, most holistic sense of the word in spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will. Amen. Let us say together the general thanksgiving on page 101. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen.
Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that whenever two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.